there's a legend that when the Romans would go out to war and they would be victorious, that they would come back to Rome and there would be a parade and all the people of the city would be out cheering and they would be cheering on in particular the general and how great of a job the general had done and as the legend goes there's some debate on all these details but as the legend goes as the general would go through and people would be either kneeling down or just praising just saying how great he was there would be a servant or a slave who would come alongside and whisper in the general's ear over and over and over again you are but a man. You are only mortal. They would whisper this over and over and over into the ear of the victorious general to make sure that the general stayed humble. Our friend King Nebuchadnezzar could have used this throughout his life. And maybe so could some of you. I could probably use it a little bit. I heard that, Eddie. We all could use this. Today in our, in our passage, we're going to see the fall and the rise of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, we are in the, the fourth chapter, and this is the last time we're going to see him in the book of Daniel. We've seen the Lord be very patient with Nebuchadnezzar. We've seen him interacting with Daniel and his friends. We know that he went in and he has taken captives, including Daniel and his friends, killed many of God's people, tried to assimilate them. And God keeps pursuing Nebuchadnezzar through these dreams. Follow along with me. I'll read out loud. You read along silently. Daniel chapter 4. I'm going to read through the text and then we'll work through it and see what God has for us. King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are His signs, how mighty His wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and His dominion endures from generation to generation. Let me pause for just a moment and say in these first three verses, Nebuchadnezzar is actually starting here at the end, where he's at at the end of his life. This passage is sandwiched between where he's at in his life currently, then he's going to do a flashback through the middle portion that we're about to read, and then at the end, he's going to return back to the same time frame that we just read. So again, verse 3, How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. Verse 4, now he's flashing back. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream that made me afraid as I lay in bed. Fancies in the visions of my head alarmed me. So I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. 
Then the magicians and the enchanters and the Chaldeans and the astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they could not make it known to me its interpretation. At last, Daniel came in before me. He who was named Belteshazzar, after the name of my God, in whom the spirit of the holy gods. And I told him the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too difficult for you, tell me the visions of my dream that I saw and their interpretation. The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and its great and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the ends of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches, and all flesh was fled, was fed from it. Verse 13, I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. He proclaimed aloud and said, thus, chop down the tree and lop, lop off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth bound with a band of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with dew from heaven. Let, this, let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's and let a beast's mind be given to him and let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones to the to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw, and you, O Belteshazzar, tell me the interpretation because all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able for the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Then Daniel whose name was Belteshazzar, was dismayed for a while, and his thoughts alarmed him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. The tree you saw, which grew and became strong, so that its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Verse 21, whose leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in which was food for all, under which beasts of the field found shade, and in those branches the birds of heaven lived. It is you, O king. You have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reaches to heaven and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field, and let him be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is a decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord, the king that you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, 
and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. And as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed that there may be perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. Verse 28, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months. He was walking on the roof of his royal palace in Babylon. And the king answered and said, is, this, is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with, dew, with the dew of heaven, till his hair grew long as eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. Now go back, or come forward to the end of his life. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me. I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me. For the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are right. His ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Father, would you bless our time in your word? In Jesus' name, amen. Nebuchadnezzar's at the end of his life, and he decides that he needs to share with everybody what has happened in his life. Notice the first verse there. King Nebuchadnezzar to all the people's nations back in the beginning of chapter 4. The nations, the languages that dwell on the earth. He's going right back. When chapter 3, when he made the, the large image that everyone was supposed to worship, he said the same thing. He said, hey, get everybody to come and worship this thing because he wanted to make his name great. But notice what he does. He now calls the ends of the earth and says, come hear what the Lord has done. Friends, this is helpful for us because there are many who, know, who knew us before we became followers of Jesus. And part of what we need to do is we need to go back to them and tell them how he has changed us. It's part of a testimony. It's what we're hearing here. This is his testimony. And I love what he says to them. Although this was common in the ancient world, we haven't seen this in Nebuchadnezzar's life, truly. Look what he says. Peace be multiplied to you. Remember, he's been having these dreams over and over again. He's constantly overwhelmed, anxious. Some of you are constantly overwhelmed. You're anxious. You do not have peace. 
We're going to get to why that is today. So he says in verse 2, it seemed good to me. I needed to tell everybody about the signs and the wonders that God has done for me. Verse 3, how great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. Look at this. Remember the the kingdom idea before we said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, you wanted to have the the image fully gold to show that his kingdom was going to continue on, but now he gets it. God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. Friends, this is important. You need to understand that the kingdoms of this earth, every single one of them will pass away. There's only one kingdom that goes forever, Christ's kingdom. Don't pour out your life for a kingdom that's going to end. Pour out your life for the eternal kingdom. So that's where he's, remember again, present day for him. Now he's going to go back. Let's work through his dream and vision. So Nebuchadnezzar, he says, I was at ease in my house. I was prospering in my palace. Basically, he's at the, the, just the, the, the top of his reign. As good as it gets got multiple palaces his kingdom goes all the way to the ends of the earth and he's like man life is pretty good right now just so you know the lord has a way of stepping in and he does it with a dream again he's done this with nebuchadnezzar what can we take from that friends when the lord pursues you he will hit you over and over again He will bring you low. He will keep coming back. And sometimes it's the same thing that's happening over and over. And you're going, I don't understand why this keeps happening to me. The Lord's trying to say, hello, that blinking light. Hello, hello. And we're still off in the distance. So we're driving closer down the road. We see a flashing light and he hits us again. We're getting closer to that flashing light. He hits us again. We're getting closer to that flashing light to get your attention. Why would he do that? Friend, let me tell you, it's because he loves you. It's because he loves you and because you've got some things that are out of order. And he loves you too much to let you live that way. He won't do it. So, in our dream, or in the dream, Nebuchadnezzar says, all right, call all the magicians. I need everybody to come and tell me the interpretation. They can't do it. So he says, ah, Daniel... There you are. Oh, Daniel. But notice three times it said that the spirit of the holy gods is in you. You could interpret that perhaps, spirit of the holy God. However you want to interpret it, my point is this. There was something different about Daniel. There was something different that the king and everybody knew. This guy worships a different God. This guy has connection with God. Would people say that about you? Would people look at you, look at your life, look at the wisdom that you give, look at the way you follow God's word, and would they say, there's something different, or do we look like everybody else in Babylon? Or is there something different? If you have the Spirit of God, guess what? There's something different about you. There should be. The question is, are you walking in step with God's Spirit so that the fruit of the Spirit is overflowing in your life, or are you walking in step with the flesh And so thus you look like everybody else. We should look different. Daniel looks different. Down to verse 10. The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. We're going to hear the the, the dream now. 
Behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. This shoots us back, like we've talked about many times, Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel. We've seen the Tower of Babel come up, same location, Babylon here. What was the point of the Tower of Babel? The people going around saying, we're going to get to God our way, we're going to make a great name for ourselves, and we're going to rally around man instead of God. Pride was the root then, pride is the root here, pride is the root now. That's why this text is helpful for us today. The height of the tree was great, and this tree kept growing and became strong. Its leaves were beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of heaven lived in its branches, and all the flesh was fed from it. Now, this could be a second vision or a continuation of verse 13. I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. He proclaimed aloud and said, chop down the tree and lop off its branches, strip it of its leaves, scatter its fruit, let the beasts flee, the birds are going to flee. Friends, everything's being taken away. Just about. Verse 15, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze, which seems to be a way of protecting what's left. God is saying protect what's left of this tree. Amid the tender grass of the field, let him, let, let him be wet. We just found out right there that the tree is a person. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beast's in the grass of the earth, let his mind be changed, watch this, from a man's and let a beast's mind be given to him. And let seven periods, that word periods there could mean years or seasons of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers and the decision by the word of the holy ones to the end of the living. To the end, watch this, don't miss this, that the living may know that the most high rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. Why is, this, why is this dream coming? So that whoever this tree is will understand that the Most High rules the kingdom of men. And he decides who sits on the thrones. He decides who sits in the White House. He decides who sits everywhere. Some of you need to rest in that. And if you say, well, I would do it differently, then this sermon is really for you. Side note, that doesn't mean he approves everything that they do. Okay? Okay. This dream, verse 18, I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw, and you, O Belteshazzar, Daniel, tell me the interpretation. Everyone else I have in the kingdom, they can't get it. Help me, Daniel. Verse 19, then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, watch this, was dismayed for a while, and his thoughts alarmed him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, my Lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and the interpretation for its enemies. He has compassion for the king. Daniel, who was taken from his homeland with his friends, saw his families and friends killed, mistreated, has compassion for the king. I think if I was in the situation, I'd be like, oh, I know the dream and I know the interpretation. but he doesn't. He has compassion 
for the king. It doesn't mean he's agreed with the king on everything. Clearly, he hasn't throughout the book. But one thing that Daniel knows that we need to get, friends, is but for the grace of God, that's where we would be. That's where we would be. So Daniel has seemingly this compassion for the king, and now he says the interpretation of the dream. That tree, verse 20, you saw, which grew and became strong, so that its top reached to heaven and was visible by the whole earth, whose leaves were beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and which was food for all, under which beasts of the field found shade, and whose branches the birds of heaven lived. It is you, O king who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reaches to heaven and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth bound with a band again of iron and bronze to protect it and the tender grass of the field and let him be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven periods, years, seasons of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is a decree of the most high which has come upon my lord the king that you shall be driven from among men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven and seven periods, times, seasons, years shall pass over you. But watch this. Don't miss this word. Don't miss this word till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. There's hope. He's going to repent. Right there, till. It's, how long is this going to happen? Well, it's going to take seven periods, years, whatever that is, and it's, you're going to. You're going to understand, Nebuchadnezzar. You're going to get it that the Most High rules and reigns. The Lord knows where to push our buttons, friends. He knows and he pursues you. God has set his love on Nebuchadnezzar, his evil king. And he says, I'm going to do what it takes till you understand, Nebuchadnezzar, that I rule over everything. Verse 26, and as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know, again, watch this, heaven rules, not you, Nebuchadnezzar, heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be accepted to you. Now watch this, Daniel says, that's what's gonna happen to you, but let me give you an opportunity to repent right now. Let me give you an opportunity. You don't have to go through all that. Let's repent right now. Watch what he says. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may be perhaps a lengthening of your prosperity. Repent right now. What is repentance? Repentance is where we have a change of mind by conviction of the the Spirit of God and the Word of God. We think differently, and then we act differently. Man, you you guys have seen this. You've seen where somebody just says, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry I did that. And they keep doing it over and over and over again. There's no change in action. True repentance, true repentance will bring a change in action. Doesn't mean you don't fall back to that sin at times, but there should be a change in action. Worldly sorrow, let me tell you what worldly sorrow looks like according to Paul. Worldly sorrow can look like a bunch of tears. It can look like you're the lowliest. Oh, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so sorry, I'm so terrible. Worldly sorrow, no repentance though. Godly sorrow, a change. 
He's saying, notice what he says there, break off from your sins, but what are you to do? Practice righteousness. Notice, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, practice righteousness. Follow God. And your iniquities, break away from those. Why? How about showing mercy to the oppressed? Now, of course, he repents right away. Like you guys do, right? Every time the Lord shows you something, you're like, yep, got it, God, first time. I'm right here. But honestly, can I, can I help you real quick? This is why we tell our children we want them to obey, obey right away, all the way, in an honoring way. Why? Re- obey right away. When you hear the word of the Lord speak, I promise you it goes better for you if you will repent right away. You ever had that when you don't repent right away? You're going to be like Nebuchadnezzar. God is going to keep coming after you to make sure that you will one day repent. But it gets hard, doesn't it? Let's read what happens. What does he do? All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of his royal palace of Babylon. 12 months later, one year, and the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence for the glory of my majesty? That's his response to the dream and the interpretation. God's going to cut you down. I am just so awesome. (laughs) Thick-headed. Thankfully, this doesn't apply to any of you out there. (laughs) Or me. Man, does it ever. I was just reading this going, ouch. I love this. He got to the point. He kept going. He kept pushing. A year now, look how great I am. He's looking at the hanging gardens. He brought those there for his wife, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. He's like, man, I'm good. I'm real good. Watch what the text says. While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar. If you get a voice from heaven like that, oh, Billy, oh man. (laughs) To you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you and you shall be driven among men. He lost his kingdom and he lost his mind. And your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox and seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately, immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. God was patient for a long time, and now, immediately, he's going to do it. The word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew long as eagle feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. The beast that he was on the inside is now on the outside. It's showing what all of us truly are apart from the grace of God. He needs... To repent. We need to repent. How, how can this change take place? Let's, let's watch. Watch what he says. Verse 34. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, here's the key, don't miss it, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. He took his eyes off of himself, off of his kingdom, and he turned his eyes to heaven. God had humbled him to the point to where he finally looked to heaven. God had to work in his life, and he looks to heaven. You have to look to heaven. You have to look to Christ. 
You have to look to the one who came and lived that perfect life, the one that Nebuchadnezzar did not live. You have to look to Jesus who died on that cross in your place for your sins. He humbled himself. You should have been humble. You weren't. So he humbles himself to come and take your sin and give you his righteousness as a gift. And as he dies as that sacrifice, he doesn't stay dead. Death couldn't hold him. After three days, he rose for our justification to the glory of God. Turn your eyes to heaven. And then he praises. He, he looks to heaven, his reason returns, and then he praises for his dominion. This is a repeat from what was said earlier in the chapter. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing. And he does according to his will amongst the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand and say to him, what have you done? You do not have the right to look at God and say, what have you done? You should look at God and say, what shall I do? Verse 36, at the same time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my Lord sought me. And I was established in my kingdom and still more greatness was added to me. He repents and God, remember with the the stump, with the iron that was there protecting the kingdom, he returns and God gives him his kingdom back and gives him more. Grace and restoration. He gives him more. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't deserve it. Neither do you. Neither do I. It's grace. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of Heaven. Listen carefully to this, friends. For all His works are right and His ways are just. And those who walk in pride... He is able to humble. That's a double-edged sword right there. That's a warning. On one end, if you are walking in pride, listen, friend, he will humble you. He will cut you down to size because he loves you. He did that to Nebuchadnezzar. Some of you, he's doing it right now. You're like, I don't know what's going on in my life. This keeps happening over and over and over again. He's trying to get your attention, saying, wake up, repent. Repent. You're not the center of your universe. God's the center of your universe. It's pride. You go, well, I'm not a really proud person, though. I don't think I'm better than anybody else. Guess what? First of all, you you do probably inside, but you don't realize it. But pride is not always that you're just thinking that you're better than everybody else. It's that you're thinking about yourself all the time. You're always focused here. It might be you're always saying how bad you are and how life is hard and it's so terrible. And you're always me, 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 me. That's pride. Others look to God. Look to others. That's the opposite. That's humility. So it's, a, it's, it's sharp. It cuts there. But watch this. I love it. For all his works are right. All his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, watch, he is able to humble. Let me say it differently. If you find yourself as a prideful person, maybe you want to pursue humility, but you're always going to be a prideful person. The moment you say, I'm, I'm humble now. You, that'd be pride, right? We're always going to be trying to pursue humility, but you may say, I just don't think I can change. He's able to humble you. He's able to work. Remember, 
Life is going good. You're only a man. You're only a woman. You are mortal. But don't forget this part. You're only a man. You're only a woman that God loves with an infinite love. So yeah, you're accounted as nothing in one sense before God who is sovereign and glorious over all. All of his creation, we are just down. But do, do not forget that because he loves you, he has pursued you and he keeps pursuing you and he won't stop all the way from coming from heaven to come and live and die for you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for this passage, Lord. We know, Lord, that we, we have pride in our lives, Lord, and so we ask that you would just root it out, Lord. And we, we mean this, although it's scary to say it, God, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, we want to be like our Savior. We want to be like the, the one who is the most humble person ever. But Lord, we know that we cannot do that without your spirit, without your word, and you working in our lives. So Lord, whatever it takes, and I pray that we would all repent and turn, and at the same time, we would not forget and rest in the fact that you are sovereign and you reign. And everybody who has a throne or a seat of authority or anything, you have decided that that is what's going to work for your glory and our good. And so we trust you we ask that you would teach us more about Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.